Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our podcast. This is JW Marshall, online learning consultant at MarketScale. We are still here on the floor of the TCEA conference in Austin, Texas this year. And with us now, we have Gail Mariki. Mariki. <laughs> well uh, done. And he is uh, with Crux Technology and Security Solutions. Uh, there, we've not had any conversations around this yet, but this is definitely uh, a trend for 2020 and beyond, um, is looking at the holistic uh, security and environment of our uh, schools and our school districts. And so uh, I'll turn it over to Gail to just tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you guys do are doing at Crux. Well, thanks, Randy. So Crux Solutions is going into our fifth year. Uh, our guys came from architecture firms and security and other market verticals like airports and industrial security, that kind of thing. Uh, personally, I came from an IT vector, so we're bringing technology, security backgrounds together saw an opportunity to create Crocs. So as I said, we started in 2016. And the education space is a key market for us. In fact, when we started, it was the only market for us. We do some other things now, but uh, we care a lot about K-12. We spend a lot of time in K-12 and have for many, many years. So we focus on two parts of our business. Part of it is, is design. We, do, we provide actual design documentation for technology that goes into school buildings of um, uh, data, the, the data cabling, physical security systems, audiovisual systems. And the other part of our business is the consulting side. We sit with districts and help them move through where are you, what do you need, where do you want to go from here, what are your priorities, uh, how can you take maybe what seems like a good idea and really think that through, is it or is it not a good idea, that kind of thing. So we're independent consultants, we don't sell products. As I tell people, we don't sell products and we don't put them in. Um, yep. So our, our job is to is to work with our school district clients to to get them where they need to go in their best interest. It's the same for me one way or the other. I don't care what products you pick. Your ultimate strategy needs to make sense for you. I don't get paid for that one way or the other. So that keeps us independent and agnostic, as we like to say. We really can focus on our school district clients to get them where they want to go. So that's who we are. That's great. And what are some specific examples of, in your conversations over the years, things that districts didn't even know they should be doing um, or things that they're doing wrong and didn't know they were doing it wrong. Do you have any kind of tangible uh, examples that we could share with this audience in case they are, uh, you know, think they, they have a handle on this and, and maybe need to rethink some things? Sure. Well, so if we can maybe keep it to safety and security, since that's sure. kind of a hot topic on everybody's mind these days. Uh, in Texas, particularly, the legislature got active earlier in 2019 and changed a bunch a bunch of new laws came out so it's a thing in Texas other states are starting to see it because their legislatures are pushing um, and and unfortunately sometimes it takes that to get schools to pay attention to this to the level that they should everybody's doing something mm -hmm. but what we've seen is way too much of oh well we're gonna go buy this technology because the guys down the road bought it and it seems like a good idea or most people have picked something video cameras oh, I guess we should have video cameras well, well, of course you should, but have you thought through to do what with, and how are you going to use them, and how does that fit into a larger... And where do they go? Yeah, and is it a good investment for you or a bad investment for you? And what is are you it, trying to do? Is it the most important thing you could be doing? And of all the choices available to you and the limited money, is that the highest and best use of your current money? So it, I picked on cameras as an example, but we see that all the time. Access control, uh, gunshot detection things like that are coming out now and people are asking questions. Metal detectors got real hot for a while. Yep. Everybody was all buzzing about metal detectors. 
And so in your consulting, you help kind of lay out all the options that are out there. You're looking at their specific needs per school, I'm guessing, and for right. the district, right. uh, and then giving them some options to choose from, but different price points, different uh, levels right. of quality to fit their budgets, things like that. Do I have a good understanding mm -hmm. of that? So very often we get brought in because there's a specific question or a specific technology. And a lot of times what will happen is it will evolve into the conversation that really should have happened in the first place. Well, what are your larger objectives? What are you really trying to do here? You only have so much money and you only have so much time. And what are you trying to solve if you were to buy the thing that you're thinking about buying? I'm not for it or against it. It's okay with me if you want it. But what are you trying to do? And we try to get people to really think about the bigger question here. I'll give you an example. We had a, a school district recently. The school board asked us to come speak with them because they they knew who we were and they were looking that the board of trustees was interested in metal detectors because someone very influential in their community was interested in metal detectors sure and took the position very vocally in their community by golly our schools are going to have metal detectors so here sits the board of trustees trying to figure out what am i going to do with this right so what began as a well sure we're happy to help so we come down and talk with the board and well here's what they are here's how you use them here's the things you have to think about if you get them and we, it really worked out well. I love that story with that particular district because it, what they ended up doing was kind of stopping and backing up and saying, well, wait a minute, there's a larger context here where we need to think this whole thing out. Metal detectors may or may not have a role in our building security strategy, but we don't really have a building security strategy. Why don't we get one of those first and then we'll... And it's Revisit. wonderful. We love those kind of deals. We can help people just kind of get their head around is it a good idea or not? I told the board president, I don't care if you buy them or not, but I can tell you how they're going to need to work to be successful, and I can tell you that most people who have bought them put them in the closet after two years because they can't take the ownership problem. Buying them is easy, owning them is a problem, and Maintaining if you them. think this is right for you, then you should go do it, but just know what you're getting into. I love having conversations like that. That's great, and you're giving them those pros and cons. I would imagine, too, there could be some solutions as a one-off that could then create another issue somewhere else. Do you ever see that, uh, you know, or create another security gap somewhere else? The, the cameras are in certain places, uh, but another security measure isn't in place uh, to properly evacuate people to the right exit, it something could. like that. So you bet. Uh, it seems like that would be another reason to, to get in touch with yourselves or someone in this space before you start buying things kind of one-off. Um, and really kind of having that holistic strategy. Sure, well, so I'll give you another example. So uh, access control is the technology that lets you lock electronically your doors and put them on schedules and give people badges and all that. And we, we have a lot of conversations going on sometimes around access control systems. Well, we need to upgrade this or we need to do that or we need to do the other. And when we go look and we go engage, what we find is a lot of their challenges that's provoking them to want to have a technology purchasing conversation are cultural problems. You have people propping the back door open. Right. And, and there's no amount of technology spend that's going to solve that problem until you get in there and figure out why are people propping the door open and what are you prepared to do about that. And, and so how I don't can want you, you to spend a bunch of money and people still prop the door open. That's not going to help you, right? So, right. How can you better educate your people? on the whys right, right, behind the actions right. you're asking them to do. And that's across the board in education with students, exactly. with teachers, with school districts, exactly. and with parents. Exactly. All of us have a part to play in that. Uh, you would mentioned earlier uh, some new laws being passed in Texas. 
do you have any examples of what would be something passed in some of those new laws and what is the ramification for districts? What are they being required to do now that they weren't being required to do before? Sure. Well, Texas is a good example because they're the most recent and, the, and it kind of happened big in the 86th legislature last year. So, for example, um, Texas is starting to provide grants to help schools buy certain kinds of technologies for those schools that really do need technology. But before that, they're also, uh, the way I think of it is they're trying to drive more accountability. In Texas, for example, districts have always had to have emergency operations plans. Right. But the truth of the matter is, if you have a really crummy one that you just wrote your name on the sheet and stuck it on the shelf, nothing of consequence was going to happen to you. Right. Uh, and, and the state then has put some rules and regs in now that says, well, you're going to have to submit that for review and you're going to have to deal with the remediation suggestions that come back. And, and a lot of it is things you should have been doing anyway. Right. But now districts are having to really step up and explain their plans and show their plans. Uh, the, the EOP, the emergency planning part, is a big deal because so much of this technology people want to buy is in our view, a surrogate for the lack of planning <laughs> that sure. is the problem that you really should solve. Uh, e even if you have no money to purchase technology solutions with, you can make your environment safer. Absolutely. Because most of what drives that is human and cultural things, and sometimes you can influence that if you, if you can't buy it. And technology has a role, absolutely. We for do this sure. all day, love it to death. Is that something that you guys also help at any level uh, with that? change management of that culture, giving advice, do you come in and do seminars? What's your engagement level as far as, uh, you know, that larger issue of the culture? Well, I'm glad you called it change management because that's really what it is. And a lot of this is driving cultural change. Safety, whether it's a school or a hospital or a commercial office building, you can't technology your way into safety. About the only place you can do that is a prison. I mean, you can lock something down, you can, but they call them prisons. Right. Airports have tried to do it for a long time, and you still hear on the news that some, you know, idiot went through a door and everybody had to look. Yep. It's it's hard to do. So, the cultural thing, we we have a lot of those kind of conversations, and I wish we would have more. And frankly, that's the we enjoy having those even if there's not a technology thing in it, just to get people to think more holistically around what what are your challenges and what's your best strategy to go do this? How does technology fit? And if there is a technology part, well, which piece part is that exactly? And do you need the Cadillac or do you need a Buick or do you need a, you know, Geo if they still make those? <laughs> sure, yeah, well, and I would imagine sometimes you don't need and the, the Cadillac. You, you that's know, exactly You right. need the strategy that's gonna fill in the pieces. That's right. And in some areas it may be you need the premium based on your design, your architecture, your campus structure, and sometimes you, you don't. Uh, you know, just like in the AV world, you know, you may need uh, the speakers up in the ceiling may not need to be as uh, sophisticated as the ones mm -hmm. down low. Just, you know, simple examples like that of uh, how would a district person know that sometimes if this isn't something that they've right. got a lot of training and background and things on that. Um, but I want to shift gears a little bit and just talk a, a little bit about campus security, law, working with uh, law enforcement, is that, um, how do you combine that into the strategy? Um, is that something that you recommend adding at times or if there's existing places in there, how does that build into the ecosystem of this holistic approach to the technology and the culture change? Yeah, it's a great question. So the law enforcement in schools generally takes one of two forms. Either the school has contracted 
in some fashion. They either hire them or rent them to have law enforcement present on their campuses and or they've got some sort of agreement with the local law enforcement agencies. Um, and, that, you know, that's a really great that you brought this up. Because having cops on campus is part of an overall solution, and that's been the trend in America, certainly in the states that we serve. Mm -hmm. Having uniformed law enforcement on campus, there is a, certainly a deterrent effect to that. There's certainly a preventive effect. There's certainly a response effect. But even when we look at the relationships, so when we do assessments, a mm -hmm. lot of times our engagement with the district will be, let's just do an assessment. We'll come sure. in, we'll look at what you got, we'll talk to your people, we'll just give you our opinion about where you are and how ready you are and where your deficiencies might be and what you might want to consider. And we can either be done or we can help you take a next step. And when we do those assessments, we look at, do you have any kind of relation? Do you have your own law enforcement? Mm -hmm. Do you have contracts for law enforcement? What is your relationship with your local law enforcement agencies? Do they know things like, do they have any idea how your buildings are laid? Have they ever been in your buildings? Whether it's cops or fire, have the fire department ever been in your buildings? Do you run any kind of drills with these guys? Um, if you keep moving down the technology spectrum, it's things like, would your video surveillance system allow you to feed live video to the cops if in fact you got into a situation where they needed to roll and respond? Mm -hmm. Uh, the trends in that marketplace are integrating what the schools got for technology into what the cops have for technology so that you can shorten the response windows down and you can, you can get much more tactical. When the cops do show up, they spend so much time trying to figure out where the bad guy is and what's going on. School has technology, how can you leverage that to make a more clean relationship with law enforcement? Those are great conversations we love having those. That's awesome. And the last question, uh, Oftentimes, a school district is, is at one place, and it's usually not where they need to be, but a wholesale change is not feasible. Do you guys also do kind of phased planning, where you look at, okay, here's what you need, here's your highest priorities, and then here's where you can continue to build quarter by quarter, year by year, that type of thing. And then also, what kind of ongoing uh, support would you give to, to the folks you work with as technology is evolving every year? Um, that type of thing, do you continue those relationships on past your initial engagement on? Is, yeah. that, is that typical? It, it, so what we encourage people to, school districts to do, is to create a, a multi-year plan for their safety and security the same way they do for their educational attainment in the same way they do for their facilities, in the same way they do for other things. And when we do those engagements, we actually try to make the documents look like their educational plans. So it's very familiar. familiar. Yep. And, and the idea is, look, you already know how to make plans. You already know how to think across two or three years out and, yep. and understand how to use your money and how to plan your resources. Just take the same thing you already know how to do and apply it to safety and security. Some things you can do right now, and you should do right now, but right. they're effort-based. Some other things might actually take some money. You may have some facilities that are not helping you and they really need to be changed or reconstructed. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can't do that today. You plan that in year two or year three, figure out with your with your elected leadership where you're gonna get the money, how would that fit. It, we love it when people will think about this in a, in a multi-year planning kind of thing and then just like educational improvement, that doesn't have an end. It, it, it's a rolling plan, so when you get down the road, Thank You're you. always looking, well, check marks, here's the successes, now what's the next year of a three-year plan? It's a rolling three-year or two-year or five-year or whatever. And continuously 
evaluating what's working, what's not working, right. and, and moving forward. It, you know how to do it with educational attainment, do it also with safety and security. That's that's our message to folks. And it seems like maybe the, the, the broad takeaway is districts always have a focus on creating a culture of learning, a culture of education. They also need to be intentional with creating a culture of safety. And I know it's something that is a no-brainer, it makes sense, but it's not often as intuitive because they haven't had the background, the training, uh, the knowledge base to know if they're doing the right things or not. So I, I, I would love for every district out there, if you're not already uh, immersing yourself in this and working with consultants or you know getting continuing education, whatever it is, um, just to make sure that you're staying up to date on what these uh, technologies are, these uh, change management, you know, is probably the hardest one of all of them. Uh, what kind of processes can help you do that? Um, this is something that's really critical. And so as we're talking about 2020 trends, um, this is a big one. And uh, we really uh, appreciate you listening today. We appreciate uh, having Gail on with us. Thank you My for your pleasure. time today. Thanks for, thanks for asking. And uh, we'll continue this conversation throughout the year. We'll have you on again or someone else from your team uh, later this year to touch base. We were in, weren't able to go into as much depth in any one area as we could uh, spend uh, you know, uh, a lot of time here, and we will uh, in future podcasts. But for today, uh, that gives us a great baseline to kind of start from. And uh, anybody out there uh, is interested in uh, contacting uh, Gail or his team, we'll make sure that information is available. If you're listening to this, you're going to have access to that. So thank you again, and uh, we'll see you on our next episode.